Oh, oh god. It's the tongue. It's the tongue. No! No! Okay, 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 just once. Just once. Uh, okay, one more time. Oh, so good. So good. I love the tongue. Ah! You taste like mango. That is pretty much the essence of free yourself, really. Uh, Yeah, that is it. You could bottle it up into a little intro of a show. Mm -hmm. Free yourself. Free yourself to be yourself. That's it. Mm -hmm. Mariah Winter, thank you for coming on the show. Anytime. It's hard to get us powerhouses, you know, in one spot. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. The fucking powerhouse. Exactly. Fucking powerhouse. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's a, that's a new exceptional descriptor for <laughs> you and for many of the other guests that come on the show. But you're the only one that's brave enough to write something like that in your bio. It's actually really great. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> of course. I, I'm, not, I'm not too attached to uh, titles. And, like a uh, content creator, especially an L.A. musician. Yeah. Holistic wellness. Mm-hmm. Biofeedback. Yeah. Blockchain expert. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And, spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It takes the individually individuality out of it and kind of just groups you in with the the collective consciousness a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it also establishes you as a fucking powerhouse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. which is great because ultimately you get to, as you free yourself, you get to decide how to play, how to be, mm-hmm. and like if we want to do some like weird like. Like like (laughs) like some weird shit like that, you know. Then you can. We can. Yeah. Because we're free. Mm Mm-hmm. Ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't fit into straight jackets. No. And that's it's a shame that other people do, you know? I mean too bad doctors don't come on your show and then want (laughs) you to lick their face in the (laughs) in the shot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean it's that's just how that they want to be perceived so yeah there's it's so interesting contrasting the essence of how we're like opening this show right now with the essence of maybe some of the other guests that we have on the show that are very very <clears throat> surgically precise about their image and their political correctness mm-hmm and their potential clientele mm-hmm. <laughs> and all this type of stuff. Exactly. It's an interesting contrast. Actually, the show, we talked about this a little before we started, but it definitely reminds me of, of Maya Urmides, who's Liana's daughter, who was on our show, who is you know, a nine-year-old, and she was teaching us how to not be a boring grown-up, and it has a lot to do with just being free mm-hmm. and being at play mm-hmm. and being imaginative, mm-hmm. spontaneous, creative, like that, and mm-hmm. not being in a straitjacket. Yeah. And I think the more that you are doing being free and just being yourself, you know, like all the clients that you're afraid that are going to fall away because of that, well, they're probably not aligned with you anyway, you know, 
So you're only bringing in that which is more yourself by being yourself. And it liberates you to have that while it liberates other people to do the same, you know? So it's, yeah, uh, yeah. all that being scared of like, oh, if I'm one way or another, you know, because I have to be perceived this way in order to get these jobs or to get this, then you're not letting yourself receive the blessings that are maybe meant for you, that you're too tied to your idea of what you think it should be. Instead of just letting you be you to then get the things that you are for you, actually, not what you think is for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to attract your soul essence when you free yourself. And mm-hmm. when you constrain yourself, you're going to attract some sort of masked societal exactly. essence. Mm-hmm. There's almost a level of propaganda that exists in the matrix machinery that sort of keeps people masked and then it makes it so that even people that sort of break free from the economic machinery to be more of themselves still in the cases of needing to earn money from people that are in those sort of costumed masks Mm -hmm. makes them still have to play that game yeah so part of the future architectures of a more enlightened society appear to be where there are no masks Mm -hmm. that it's only just your own unique essence and that's it and there's no shame there's no guilt there's no lower egoic vibrations of existence of consciousness of human development there's none of those levels Mm -hmm. yeah yeah mariah you're really unique in that sense and that's why i think the episode we decided to just go free yourself and let's start on it from a perspective on consciousness and we'll work our way to all these other topics that we have and we also have also some of Mariah's super quirky videos and her links are in the bio below to both her YouTube as well as her Instagram having fun on both guys just so you know. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So so let's start it off with why you think reality exists. Why does reality exist? I think reality exists for experience and experiencing not just like for ourselves, but for the collective of everybody. Just simply put, you know, and then through that experience begin to become more i guess like aligned or something would that be yeah yeah Yeah. um but basically it would just be for the experience yes Mm -hmm. that's yeah that's a great way to put it reality exists for the experience and the sort of perennial spiritual mystic traditions would say something like we are eternal or we are infinite so meaning before this and after this there is no before and after but if you view it that way what happens is that you realize that we have been experiencing and we will continue experiencing because there can be no end to experience Mm -hmm. that's pretty much the essence of the tradition you can't finish exploring all the possible states of experience Mm mm-hmm which is probably why there's 8 billion of us. <laughs> and that's just on one in one creation. Yeah. 
It's mm-hmm. not even taking into account any of the other creations or any of the other vehicles in those creations that sentience emerges itself and then begins to reflect on its own being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you begin viewing it that way, it sort of makes things more playful and more definitely yeah yeah it takes a lot of the heaviness out of it you know i think getting too heady on it what it is it takes away from the experience of the fact that you're in reality you know and it's like yes it's there to contemplate it's there to think about but to take it too seriously and i think is takes away from the whole point of being here anyway and it's almost as though there's a balance between needing to ask yourself that most first principled question just so that you can gain a better understanding of the true nature of what we really are Mm -hmm. and then as you sort of uncover that simultaneously express yourself in it exactly yeah Mm -hmm. don't get trapped yeah in not expressing yourself yeah yeah just allow yourself to create in this space you know, for others to then experience that creation too. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. that's what all of this is. Everything around us is just the expression of other conscious agents that have come before us and that have made this shit. Mm-hmm. And now we're experiencing it. Exactly. And so you can do literally the same thing for kids that are like 10 years old right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Build something for them to use. Yeah. And experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where the whole idea and imagination space comes in. The more mm-hmm. you free yourself, the more you get to express yourself. Exactly. The less you free yourself, the more you're in a straitjacket. And your imagination's in a straitjacket. Your creativity's in a straitjacket. Mm-hmm. It doesn't allow for... The creative space that is <laughs> needed to create like the life you want. And not even just like you want, but just something that's... I find it's best when the creative part of sharing it, you know, with everybody else. I think that that's when, yeah. yeah. It's really rich because then you get to experience how somebody else experiences what you created. <laughs> exactly. And that's so dope. Mm-hmm. Like when people leave comments on the videos that we make and stuff like that, it's, that's really fun. Mm-hmm. And when people use products, you know, some of these products have, you know, especially softwares there's a billion people using some of the softwares around the planet Mm -hmm. you know some of the social networks and stuff like that and so tesla cars (laughs) tesla cars all these different types of things and that's hardware and that's that's a that's an even harder game to play software is a lot more scalable and so if you sort of like Mm -hmm. build something that a billion people gain value from that's a pretty fun thing to do. Yeah, exactly. That's a pretty fun thing to do, as long, especially when it brings good value, you know. And you mm-hmm. really hone in on like one of the most important metaphysical concepts around these soul vehicles and these conscious agents that are part of that oceanic oneness, but on these individual agents, that oceanic non-duality, but in these individual agents, is the word decipher. You have to decipher between what is good and what is bad. Mm -hmm. You have to decipher everything being double-edged. When you get the smartphone, you get the technology, you have to know when is it, what is good, what is bad there. Mm -hmm. How can you use it to create and maximize 
bring value to people versus just get sucked into a cycle mm-hmm. that is actually harmful to your mental health yeah. and well-being yeah and i think that's where you said like you know there's that balance of you know asking kind of what is reality and kind of defining that for yourself and then that's when you can really bring value to whatever you're creating you know yes so you know the further you go deeper within you can take people there with you yes they can only go as far perfect yeah deep as you've gone perfect and then whatever you make that comes from that you know that adds you can then have a better justification of like is this good is this bad you know and like perfect what type of value you're bringing it's perfect 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 way to put it Mm -hmm. it's as though if we juxtapose it the way that we usually do is self-realization is when you understand the unity of all being in existence the non-duality the oceanicness and the self-actualization is the exterior artistic expression of your Mm -hmm. unique contribution to the world and what most people get stuck doing is they get stuck in the ritualistic self-help mm-hmm. style of achieving some sort of business in the world. And then mm-hmm. what happens is then they work, oh, well, how do I know what's good and bad? How do I know what morality is? Oh, <laughs> like what the reason why you don't know shit about morality and you're having any issues with it at all is because you haven't went inward first mm-hmm. when you go inward. That's when you realize the unity of all being in existence, that oceanicness, that non-dualness. And when you get to that point, that's when you basically realize the self in the other. And Mm -hmm. then you're always in perpetual service Mm -hmm. to other. You're always creating from a place of the highest morality. It never becomes an issue. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, And there's there's almost like when you do start on the path of the outward growth and you know like you get so far and then you have to go back in there's always that reconstruction you have to rebuild your foundation you know and if you just start almost with going deeper without having built much anyway you won't have to have that reconstruction refoundation good point moment you know and so it's almost great i think it's great that you know i feel like i had almost that moment before i've built anything like astronomically big yeah. yeah so which you did yeah mm-hmm. yeah actually let's uh that's a really good segue to it maybe mm-hmm. let's jump to that and then if if the other first story comes up at some point as well we'll hit it but let's go to this most recent yeah exploration mm-hmm. of you know how you figured out how to sort of many people find themselves in some sort of like perpetual suffering trap of some sort yeah. including myself and I have yet to transcend all of my egoic tendencies and self-dealing habits and mm-hmm. and vices and of course you can't click unsubscribe fast enough you know <laughs> like, yeah. that's like yeah in essence what it would mm-hmm. and and you have to work at clicking unfollow and unsubscribe on all of these habits and patterns mm-hmm. and so walk us through yours and then how you overcame that well my i guess with uh this last year um i mean mine kind of started with a bad relationship and severely under judging how hard that was affecting me which is very easy to do when you want something to be a certain way and be good and then it's not actually good and also my habits were pretty awful as well um and it was something i was pretty aware of you know knowing that okay this relationship's awful these habits are awful 
um, but then never fully stepping into my power to be able to kind of like get rid, get things away. And um, it kind of just started. And even with me, like starting to now become more myself, like out in the open and be unapologetically me, that was kind of the big turning point was, um, sorry, <coughs> was I was um, needing, I guess I was just feeling like I really, really needed to express that. And I, was I like, love that. Yeah. 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 And it's it like was screaming. It was screaming. screaming yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was in the it's middle. no longer a knock anymore. It was it's like beating the door down with one of those like yeah. the door. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the jaws okay. of life or some shit were coming in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. And just yeah. like trying to rip me out of like this busted car. And like because, you know, and it came at a weird time. Like you feel like you're almost going to have like these moments of. I want to like just desperately be myself, whatever that may be. You feel like that's going to come at like a time when you're more like at peace or whatever. Mine just came when I was like in a very just trash moment of my, Which you happens know. sometimes in people's trajectories. It's like the sledgehammer yeah. instead of the feather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it turns like once it hits, it turns into this weird feather. But, you know, and then I started to kind of like explore my own YouTube channel, which then got me into being like, okay. And you know, there's my my content on there is uh it's just me. You know, at its essence, it started in like this booty workout phase, which yes, I'm into, love that stuff. Uh, but then I realized I'm like, I don't want to be a fitness expert. Like, I enjoy working out, but let's not go there. Then I was kind of rattling about like things I was dealing with and like booty diaries. There's that whole thing. But then I was <laughs> look at these booty diaries. Yeah, but then um I was like, you know. All of these would just be practicing kind of to get to now where it's more like, okay, I want to bring more value to that as in like, let me go to the things that like are interesting to me. And I have like, also I have a music video and photo background, you know, sort of like to yeah. not use my skills to then enhance my videos didn't make much sense. You know, like I was like, okay, I'm filming all this on my laptop. One of my good friends got me a new camera. So I was like, okay, this is great. Now we can really like amp up this production value. Yep, yep. And then I can start implementing like all these skills that I have into doing. Oh yeah. Then we have the vaginal microbiome. That's a, that, that's mm -hmm. a real me moment right there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, and I guess somebody could look at this YouTube channel and say like, okay, whatever, you just have a YouTube channel. It's like a kind of like a bunch of girly stuff, whatever. But for me, it's like, that's, all this was created authentically, you know, as something for me to share, as something for me to just yep. practice. Like, it might not be exactly what I want to share yet, but I'm trying to figure it out, you know, and I'm trying to, trying on different things, trying out different ways of, I don't know, like how myself could look. But it's also allowed me to just, now when I walk into spaces and meet people, you know, to really own that because yep. like this is on the internet, like anybody could see yep, this. Yep. So just knowing that it's like, okay. Can you, can you go back to this pendulum swing? Cause it's so interesting where, mm -hmm. what were the emotions? Cause this is a huge pendulum swing. Oh, this yeah. is, yeah, yeah. This mm -hmm. is, this is like the most open. This is like, literally we intro the show with, with like, yeah, that's like the, complete opposite side of this pendulum of, of where you were yeah what were the emotions that you were feeling on that side and then the 
I know you said that it was like a pressure cooker, basically, yeah. that shattered you no. through. Walk, yeah, walk us through that. Uh, I'd say the biggest emotion that had the biggest driving force behind it was self-betrayal. A thousand percent self-betrayal because there was so much. And the pain from that, I believe, is almost like the worst pain that you could have. You know, if somebody betrays you, that hurts. But like when you're betraying yourself, that is its own type of grief that I just wish upon nobody just because like that's so almost controllable and for me I was that's where like wanting to be me because it's like okay I'm just betraying myself I'm knowing that this is ultimately terrible for me I'm not speaking up for my own needs I'm not speaking up for you know things that are making me uncomfortable and I'm not speaking up for just anything you know so yeah and holy shit yeah so when you're having all that in and it's busting out you know it's like it's got to come out but self-betrayal is just hands down that feeling a thousand percent so you know you you literally know you knew that there was that separation between those two feelings of you knew what you needed to do in order to make yourself feel that you weren't betraying yourself, mm-hmm. but that you weren't voicing your those needs and that you weren't getting out of the perverse situations that you were in. Yeah. But you knew what you needed to do, but you mm-hmm. still were going against that. Yeah. Perpetually. Yeah. That is, that sounds, yeah, that sounds miserable. Fuck. It is. Yeah. And, going through that you know there's like i was trying to overcompensate to do the one big thing i needed to do by just doing i was like okay if i can just be me in all these other areas and like you know speak up for myself and all these other things maybe that thing will just take care of itself but Uh, you know so it's like but that won't take care of of itself yeah (laughs) like it still is there so um ultimately i had to meaning the relationship yeah exactly so it was like okay this this has to end um, but I was still trying to do all these other things to avoid that, to be like, okay, well, you know, I'm doing me more in this area and I'm speaking up for myself in this way and I'm doing this, but that still doesn't take care of the fact, but it did help to then make that decision though. And then did you end up like, what were some of those like pivotal, how'd you sum up the courage to make the pivotal cut in your uh, th- There was, I mean, th- there was just some hurtful moments that had like, all snowballed and it got to a point where it's like okay this is a lot but also i um i just kind of became since i was doing things that were more myself and getting into my own health and my own wellness and i was getting around a new group of people yeah it was kind of giving me more of like a okay i have my own i i guess i'm identifying myself more to be able to be a bit more like this is definitely not yeah yeah Mm -hmm. damn there are likely a lot of people that are undergoing some sort of like codependency. Oh, of course. Yeah. In relationship mm-hmm. where they almost feel like it's like a half meeting, a half rather than two holes. Of course. Meeting. Mm-hmm. And so like when there is sort of this feeling of a half meeting, a half that the the number one fear is that aloneness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's funny because you know you get so afraid like all these thoughts are like what if they get with somebody what if they don't what if like you know you have all these different things of like these freak out moments that aren't even happening yet 
and then it ends and you kind of get a little bit past that then you're like i was scared of this the whole time like i feel actually freer yeah i feel like a huge weight has been taken away from me you know it's like something i don't have to think about anymore it's not something i like have to feel like okay i need to do this i need to do this and then keep putting it off it's like well that's a big thing off my to-do list you know and it just feels so free and it's but to get to that point it's not as easy as it sounds you know it's not like yeah just go you know (laughs) it's yeah yeah it's a pressure cooker sledgehammer yeah Yeah. and i mean if you're dealing with like a self-betrayal within that of like wanting more from it but you're not getting more or whatever i feel like that pain is way worse than grieving the loss of a relationship you know it's just like yeah it is Mm -hmm. totally yeah Yeah, that's definitely a layer a level maybe even two or more um self-betrayal probably ranks in the worst and uh grieving relationship is (laughs) like you get over that shit yeah exactly Um, yeah you get over that shit but to you don't get over self-betrayal if you get stuck there um that's where people talk about their number one regret in life mm-hmm. being that they betrayed their own divine path. Yeah. That's some fucking, you do not want to end up in that position. No. That's like one of the worst. And yeah. it, it takes the form in like so many different things. In relationships is only one of those forms. Yeah. The economic machinery is another one of those forms. If you get those mm-hmm. golden handcuffs at a company and you just stay there. Yep. All these different things. It's also, you know, it could be drugs. It could be drinking. It could be any type of yep. substance, whatever, that you just feel like you know you shouldn't do, but you keep doing it anyway. It's any of those things, you know, and like some things hurt more than others. Some things feel more of a burden than others than that. But that's ultimately like you just want to be the person who looks in the mirror at you and says like, you know, this is the person that will not betray me on earth is this person yeah. in the mirror. And exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's sort of basically the, the, in a sense, the first step in many ways is something like, you know your own patterns, right? You know mm-hmm. yourself first and you have to know your own patterns and then you have to love yourself and accept yourself. Yeah. That's, exactly. the, that's the key one. Mm-hmm. And it, then and then you can get to elevated states of consciousness, but you really have to accept yourself because mm-hmm. you're going to be a, you're going to have a lot of things that when you look in that mirror that are difficult to accept, which is a classical process, like diamonds form under intense temperature and pressure. Welcome to being human. You know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, the lotus flower grows out of muddy waters. Ah, that's another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pain and all of that, it's not even so much of a, you know, it's, to me i feel like it's just an indicator and it's like a point in a different direction usually you know it's like okay this is where we're going this is where we're starting but from here then there's always the rising afterwards yeah yeah you know so it's like pain to power yeah trauma to treasure Mm -hmm. exactly and you know earlier this year when i was even in those moments of just like just pain 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 i just always knew it was like okay the rising part's happening. And the longer you live, you see this pattern happen over and over, over and over again. And over again. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah, just yeah. like the faith just is there of like, okay, I know this is going to be better. 
when is that gonna you know when is it gonna be you don't exactly you, you just don't know you know and even if you do do one thing to be like okay i got rid of that you still have to deal with like a semi-grieving process of like you know losing whatever habit or whatever it might be you know that's keeping you there that you were betraying yourself with but then you have your rising afterwards and that transformation yeah yeah it's really beautiful and I love how you call it a pattern that you become wise and see. And if we can get young, especially Gen Z, Gen Alpha to understand this pattern at younger ages, especially if we can send them into like versit immersive virtual realities where we teach a pedagogy mm-hmm. that is around things like these patterns of wisdom, they can get that pattern of wisdom at a younger age and they can they can skip a lot of the massive downs in the roller coaster. They're still going to have downs, but Mm -hmm. that if only you had you teaching yourself when you were 18, like you had yourself at 28 as a mentor to yourself at 18, right? Same thing with me, with all of us, Mm -hmm. right? We would love that shit. We would be like passing each other, like, dude, like yeah. check out all these wisdoms like <laughs> exactly hack that, hack that script mm-hmm. yeah. there was there was a actually it's funny you mentioned that i was like last year i was like i want to write this book called foresight where it's not even about having like you know like like just for literal younger people to have foresight about their life you know and that yeah. that can only be like received by whoever wants to hear it and whoever actually wants to follow that and like not saying that whatever I would say would be but I just think that the idea of that is really interesting you know like yeah that's mm-hmm. a great idea mm-hmm. have, have you considered putting maybe your like foresight lessons that you would want to pass along into some sort of like a like in high level perception, we use like a 10 chapter framework, mm. right? So if you like put up like a 10 chapter lattice work up, mm-hmm. like you could hang your concepts in that and sort of organize them and move them around, visualize them. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a really good exercise. Yeah. And it can help you nail your core values and core concepts and then potentially more easily share them with the world on, especially your YouTube and, and yeah. Instagram. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's sort of what we do on the programs. We try and like draw this out of mm-hmm. people because it sounds dope like i love your idea of foresight mm-hmm. but like that might be your january project that you were talking yeah. about mm-hmm. off exactly yeah. yeah no yeah. that would be that honestly sounds great the because i've had an without nailing in you know exactly like which values and which things i'd want to focus on but that would be perfect having the different moving around and yeah mm-hmm. exactly it's hella dynamic like this um right now i'm playing around with the calling this like the diamond framework or the diamond method and it just goes something like a 10 chapter lattice work mm-hmm. like every human has their own unique north star right and own unique self-realizations as well and so you follow somewhat you can pick five or six or seven chapters it can be complete whatever number you want 10 is cool it's an it's a order of magnitude it's it's cool it's a power of 10 and there's something unique about sort of being able to dynamically adjust that throughout your life like here you are you're 28 i'm 28 we have our little 10 chapter frameworks but in a year we might move chapter seven to where chapter five is and we might put chapter five and embed it in chapter four Mm -hmm. and then sort of like like synthesize those together into one and maybe change the name of it or something right exactly and like to sort of not be 
inflexibly mm-hmm. stationary and static is something really important. And so it sort of enables you to like in this like diamond framework idea, it's like it's like a perpetual lifelong mm-hmm. lattice work that you hold and organize and like yours could literally be called foresight and like mm-hmm. that's a really dope one and it could be something that you f- sort of aim to funnel young people to the different chapters of foresight that you have because like one of the patterns that you talk about is that trauma to treasure archetype mm-hmm. it's common in every single person that's everybody on the show. has every something yeah mm-hmm. and everybody knows that it especially on the other end that it's going to be some sort of like a repeating pattern, like what you're saying. But in the middle of it, when you haven't identified the pattern, you think it's the end of the fucking world because you're stuck in that perspective of suffering. Mm -hmm. And actually Vipassana meditation, I think liberated me most from that. I, I agree. Anapana observing respiration, Mm -hmm. basically not being reactive, but creating that pause. Mm -hmm. And then it just liberates you from, vast majority of suffering yeah i agree there's i mean i can also attest to like when i was younger and then not really having the self-awareness of you know my situations and what i was a part of i wouldn't have been able to be like oh this feeling is self-betrayal like i'm self-betraying myself you know i'd just be like yeah this sucks (laughs) and then just kind of you know so it takes even noticing like knowing what that is and how that feels and so subtle yeah it's and there's exactly there's subtleties in that and everybody's so out of touch i mean i myself am just starting to get not just but like we're all like getting more and more in touch with our feelings and what they mean and where they point us and what it's trying to tell us it's an emotional guidance system yeah exactly towards union Mm -hmm. yoga Mm -hmm. sanskrit for union Hinosis is another way to put it. Like the Greeks say, union. Mm. Union with what? With God. Mm. What the fuck else would you be getting in union with? Exactly. With source, with infinity. Mm-hmm. That's what you're fucking getting in union with. Exactly. You're going to have an emotional guidance system that's constantly telling you throughout your entire life, like, mm-hmm. get out of that little tiny perspective of suffering and ego. Mm-hmm. And rocket yourself up to the divine fucking God that you are. Exactly. Yeah, that's the the new thing I'm trying to focus on because before it was just like, you know, be nice to yourself and blah, blah, blah. Now it's like you are powerful. Boom. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's the new one. Yeah. We, we got out of like, you know, the little suffering phase of just like, okay, you know, like be nice to yourself, self-compassion. Like, you know, you got to focus on different things. But right now that I feel more free, it's like, okay, I am powerful. You know, it's like I am a part of this bigger conscious of this creative space. And that's something we all have. You know, that's just not me. And that's everybody you know and anybody who's hearing that and is like oh i am powerful that's them talking to them really you know it's like that's something that i really want to begin to harness though and just see like in what ways also helps increase myself to like you know the further strengthen that belief and also like to live in that fully yeah so what would it look like to express yourself powerfully 
in 2021? For me, I would say it's kind of, it's trying to do, I guess, what I have been trying to do these last few months is just like unapolog- unapologetically, you know, be myself and want the things that I want without feeling like it's taking up too much space or without feeling like it's asking too much or asking too little. But realize that, like, if you do want these things, you know, you're you have the power to have them. And there's there's no reason why you shouldn't. You know, yeah, 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 and it's no, it's not wrong of you to want these bigger things. Like that's that's a great thing you do. You know, it seems as though that the concept nunchi or emotional intelligence plays a massive role in this process. You have to be a ninja or a wizard in your Mm -hmm. communication skills, navigation of the psyche, Mm -hmm. in order to be able to do this process in a harmonic way exactly mm-hmm. and so then there's a there's sort of like a, a a workout regimen that has to happen and a lot of that includes like in a sense like trying and falling on your face yeah and that, <laughs> that's part of the process yeah and that, that's literally just life and like process and luckily being you know somebody who comes from a creative background of like photos videos and just seeing that like you have to take a shit ton of awful photos before you start taking really good ones and you have to take so many you have to make so many bad videos before you start making good ones to then know that like starting on kind of like a YouTube thing or whatever it might be, you know, it's like, I'm going to have to make a lot of whatever type videos and, you know, like hit and miss and then try to get myself to get what I, and that's fine. But like, and before it was, you know, I want to get all this done just to get the good thing. But now I legitimately enjoy the process of making these things. Boom. And that's where it also just begins to flourish because when you enjoy it, you know, that translates through. Yes. Yeah. And, other people can feel that and you're just doing it purely for you liking it. You're not doing it for this reason of like, it's going to get me farther. It's going to get me more of this, more of that. It's like, no, I'm it, like enriches my soul. Like, Boom. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that, there's also a subtlety in that because, you know, I do love photos and videos, but I didn't, the reason I was doing it before when I was doing a lot of like, hip-hop videos and stuff it was because like oh this is cool and like other people think i'm cool if i do these hmm. hip-hop videos you know what i mean and like yeah, yeah and not realizing that maybe i really like photo and videos because i actually just want to be a dork on youtube boom <laughs> yeah. yeah so there you go that's it yeah. yeah so like maybe all those skills just equaled up to that and before like last year it'd be like that's literally insane but now it's like no nah, that sounds way cool like i'm down with that and i'd so much more enjoy the process i so much more enjoy the people i'm around now and the communities i have just based on that simple decision and letting that kind of take over but also knowing that it's not for like popularity you know it's just literally like that's just what i like yeah dan eldon says the journey is the destination exactly yeah and that knowledge anchored in your body every moment and living from that literally your moment to moment artistic Mm -hmm. expression of yourself as a sentient agent in this reality Mm -hmm. is the whole point of it yeah so if you can anchor yourself in that presence that power of now Mm -hmm. that is so rich but it's also simultaneously balanced with some sort of like an intuitive knowing of like oh well 
you know, why LA, right? Why am mm-hmm. I here at the same time? Because that way you're also doing some sort of a sort of a deeper inquiry. So it's not hyper, hyper, hyper um, now to that extent because you have to enable yourself to have some sort of a future authoring as well mm-hmm. at the same time. Curious about this because this is really true. It's very similar with me looking back, you know, Mm-hmm. producing 700 plus of these in three years it's hilarious we talked about this before we started just looking back at the journey and how fun it is to sort of look back and poke fun at how shitty we were at what we were doing <laughs> yeah. a couple of years ago versus now and sort of also in a sense enjoying the fact that one of the coolest parts probably of being on the internet and turning yourself on that side of the spent on the pendulum is that now you get to create a log a library for yourself Mm -hmm. and for your like family and friends and for other people around the world that are watching that are getting value from what you're making it's definitely one of the coolest aspects to being a content creator Mm -hmm. and i would say that whatever you end up doing in 2021 in terms of whether it be five of these little concepts in foresight or however many you end up doing it seems as though every single one of these concepts ends up becoming as you form it Mm -hmm. and you kind of anchor it in that foresight lattice it sort of becomes part of you at a much deeper level than when it almost didn't have some sort of like a name or a Mm -hmm. spot in that lattice work so it's like it's it's really important that's why words are so important because they create some sort of a you know a logos an expression in the reality that we can then label that even if it's like an imaginative Mm -hmm. concept that if we don't haven't labeled our core values it's much less likely that we actually know what they are Mm -hmm. so would you then probably say that within that sort of framework let's say of like if you were to pick like your top favorite concept that you're looking at for you know january in 2021 what are you thinking for like your top favorite expression of yourself top favorite expression of myself um wow i just want i mean my mind just goes into straight into like, well, just be yourself. Mm. Um, because I'm just trying to own like that whole bit. But I guess if I was to focus on like a value per se, um, the value would have to be. I like the idea of, I mean, I've spoken about this with you before this, like the how authentic self and how I think that that's kind of like a broad term, you know, for people to kind of really and feel like they can touch that and like know what that means for them it's kind of like authentic self like okay but like i said like the creative self and then the destructive self is a better way of putting that and i kind of just want to step more into the creative part of that maybe the very fact of your deciphering is a good concept to hang up in the lattice work like Mm -hmm. maybe creative versus destructive self becomes one of the concepts that Mm. you aim to help other people decipher yeah yeah because i do like taking kind of these you know like broad things that you'll hear 
because I know for me, when I first started hearing these different like concepts and terms, like you need to be your, your authentic self. And I'm like, well, what the fuck does that even like mean? You know, to somebody who just was kind of not living authentically thinking I was because you always think you are when you're not, you know, you always think you are being like this enlightened person when you're not, you know, it's kind of funny because then like it's always like later on, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I kind of like That's to try true. to dissect that and make it as simple like those concepts that for me, when they sound like really cool and like, oh, I'm definitely doing that, you know, like I'm definitely being my authentic self to then be like, once you really kind of truly understand that and you can actually give it a description and, you know, give it a simple way of describing it. I, that's how I want to break that down, you know, is become so much more in touch with those values to then be able to like simply break them down for other people. That's right. Mm hmm. Which I think is kind of what you do with your... Yeah. Yeah. You try to understand reality. Yeah. To the biggest... Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's that's definitely... That's definitely in essence what, you know, what this is with high-level perception. And, and sort of... This is sort of the idea of what it would look like for somebody else to also create some sort of like a visual lattice work of concepts. Mm -hmm. Like creative versus destructive self is really beautiful and it's a really good one and it's sort of it's really resonant with people and it's actually quite in a sense easy to explain because mm -hmm. and it's also the difficulty in it is more about getting people to have a personalized understanding of their moment-to-moment -moment creative versus destructive patterns yeah of habit and then how can you visualize that because maybe it does you know, maybe it does sort of take some of the like, maybe it does sort of take some take on some aspects sort of like these where there's sort of a a clear, maybe there's more of a spectrum, mm. right? Some sort of a nuanced like spectrum between that yin and yang, that perennial sort of wisdom of two poles that mm -hmm. are dialectically opposed and harmonically ascending. Yeah. And so maybe there is that sort of polarity that is a creative self, destructive self, spectrum in between. And it's up to each individual person to begin sort of seeing that and visualizing it. But like, who's making that visual right now? I don't know. I don't know anybody making a creative versus destru like destructive self visual. I know mm -hmm. there's people like, you know, this is the this is the very mm. classic. You know, we've been using this a lot on the show. This is David Hawkins's levels of consciousness. You know, like this is a pretty decent example of it. But it's but it's still maybe one level like higher than what someone could understand from something that's a little bit more simplified in terms of creative versus destructive self. But generally speaking, the destructive self is down there by shame and guilt and fear. And then the, mm -hmm. the creative self is by enlightenment, peace, joy. Yeah. Bliss. It's also, you know, there's a whole process within that of, when you are in like your destructive self mode, because I was definitely there, you know, it's like I wouldn't even want to admit to myself that I was yes, yes, there. Yes, and, yes. and you would just kind of turn on blinders to the parts of you that are like, OK, well, you know, I'm doing it. I'm doing this part good, but I'm just going to ignore like the fact that, you know, I'm, you know, even something simple like working at a job I really, really, really hate. Yeah. And, you know, it's like but everything else I'm doing good, but I have to do that. And it's like there's things that you have to get really upfront with yourself and be OK with that. 
you know, in order to step into like to fully creative, you know, it's like to your full creative self. Because yeah. if not, uh, you're still kind of in that middle, like and that's still kind of a destructive place to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like the deciphering and discernment of the patterns that sort of service suffering versus service mm-hmm. well-being. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, we talk about on the program a lot is that you sort of have this. This very essence of your own life trajectory that looks something mm. like you know all the way there on the right you have heaven and well-being being something that's in your high signal to noise where throughout your life trajectory you're getting closer and closer to your north star and on the low signal to noise is something like hell and suffering and every single one of these bifurcations trifurcations is on the tree of possibility and you can go in any of these directions based on something as simple as your recognition that your free will decision at any of these moments can alter your life trajectory and so mm-hmm. you know mariah could have easily not been where she's at today had she by the way we just when we were talking to jessica saint michelle on the show a couple of weeks ago, you know, she was in a very, very, very cancerous end of her relationship as well. And that she and especially many other, in this case, women find themselves in situations where they have a this deep intuitive understanding that I need to get the fuck out. But that it's sometimes, like you said, self-deception where it's like. It's not pulling the trigger. It's not making the move. It's not doing it. Maybe there's some mm-hmm. other way to make it work. Maybe there's some other way to make it. Maybe there's some other way to make it work. But ultimately, the highest amounts of fullest expression, especially of the female leaders that we've had on the program, have come a lot from sort of releasing themselves from that stereotypical, archaic representation of what like marriage and relationships are where it's mm-hmm. like a f- woman that is in service to like the the patriarch of, yeah. of the family and stuff yeah it's, it's more like there's usually like a silent suffering that happens and you know i and not just this can also go for men too but um definitely you know there's usually like this silent suffering or like you just know deep within you that there's like something like this relationship it could not just that, but there's something better. Like, this isn't what love is like, you know? Like, this is kind of what it's like, but this isn't... Like, love could be so much deeper for me, you know? And so much more honest and so much more true. And I'm sitting here accepting this, and it really puts you at ends with yourself. You know, you're like, how did I get here? Why is it getting here? Like, it's I didn't want this to go this way. You know, like, of course, you didn't start the relationship knowing that, but it's then taking your power back almost you know it's like okay now i'm not going to just accept that for me you know and i'm not going i know that there's like the what i want is out there you know it's just like i have to go and accept that and there's that that's not an easy process you know that was like a the back and forth that goes in your head of yeah yeah this is kind of sort of maybe kind of what I want a little bit ish but it's nothing close to like the deep 
like imagine like unimaginable love that you know i imagine for myself it's like that's a lot of the time women do get kind of trapped in that little like like I just I, I just keep hearing the word self-betrayal go in my head of like, you know, even yeah. that comes with like, you're always told to be kind of like pretty and just be, you know, small and quiet in a way. And so that kind of enters into your relationship, you know, it's like, yep. Um, yep. yeah. And to break free of that is you're probably going to have to go through a few things <laughs> to break free of it. But once as you do, you know, it feels good. Like now it just feels good to know that like I've and I've gone through similar situations like the one I was just in before. So, you know, it's not like that was like my first time. It's just like fine. It just got it has to get beat out of you almost in like a way. And then by that time, you're like, OK, now I just won't that I won't accept that anymore. You know, it's like now if something comes in, it's like we can truly evaluate this and you know, we won't have to be that type of a process or, and yeah, it's yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, that seems also like one of those concepts is that the more that you get into a creative versus a destructive pattern of, of life energy, the more that you become wiser to be able to share the stories with other people and put up the concepts as visuals. And yeah, you're, you're explaining it well. I think a good sort of way for us to uh, potentially continue um, before we uh, keep going on some of the convo, let's play. Let's play. All right. So let's see what what comes what comes to energy right now. What com what, what what comes to energy? Oh, this is play. That's that's something. You gotta go from deep to you know this whole oh oh it's back it's back no it's not it's back I can't do it I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. It's massive tongue giant is back. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, your turn. Ready? All right, look at me. Um, where? Yeah, keep going. Keep going. There it is. <laughs> ah! 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 
There's a rule is you can't lick me back. Yeah, you can't lick me back. That's the only not fair. It's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not childish enough. Yeah, no rules, right? Yeah, no rules. Yeah, you gotta let you go full blown express mode. Wait, yeah. what does it look like? Wait. Okay, wait. Put your put wait, put your put your tongue. <laughs> oh. oh man. That's... Wait, wait, wait. And wait, that's where a, it gets interesting. I, I have another idea. Hold on, hold on. Now this could get real uh, weird real uh, quick. Uh, <laughs> now this could get this just looks wait, like wait, 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 let's switch it. Okay, you do it. You okay. do it. You do it. Ready? 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 Where is it? Oh shit. Oh, other it's way. in it's in the shot. Other side. Oh. Did I get it? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Okay, let me I'm gonna um Poke. one moment. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just bend over. No, I'm just I'm just gonna bend over. <laughs> yeah, just Actually, that might be a good segue into one of the topics that. Um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! That we were talking about uh, in the kitchen before. Yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting topic, actually. Yeah, I agreed. like our. I like our. Um, that was a nice. Play. Nice. That was a good play. That that was a good time for you guys to go up and get chips. Um, that was intermission. So if you need a bathroom break, I would suggest rewinding and restarting. <laughs> Yeah, or, or even or even better yeah. is um, practice doing something like that yes. with your friends, family. Yeah, just family like, might be a little bit. Yeah, more, well, you know difficult. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just those. <laughs> yeah, some older consciousness is yeah. a little bit like. Okay, I thought you were an adult, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> apparently you're still a kid, and it's like, yeah, you don't get it, mom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so do it with your friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe a coworker. I mean, if you can pull them in. Do it at work. I, it I suggest. I suggest <laughs> while you're sitting there at work, yeah. your boss in a meeting. You're just like, Hop. yeah. You just say, "Hey, you ever see my belly button?" And then you just lift up. You ever see my belly button, boss? Yeah, exactly. Look at my belly button. Look at boss. Have you picked your lint hair before? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> And your boss is like, bitch, get the fuck. Yeah. Or if your boss is cool, they're like, oh, I do that all the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll know you're at the right company. That's period. At. That's yeah. how you know you're at the right company. This is a good test. It's a great litmus test. Mm -hmm. In the middle of a meeting, do something wildly eccentric. Mm -hmm. And if there's like mirror neuron action right away, like when your boss like gets jiggy with you right yeah. away, like, <laughs> then, then you know. Yeah, then you know. It's a great litmus test. If Actually, I think we're inventing something right now. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're not inventing anything. It's like what Charlie Chaplin and Robin Williams and yeah. you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jim Carrey. It's basically like, I need to know more females that are like like hyper eccentric in this space like this. Mm. Someone probably mm -hmm. knows. So let me know in, your, in the comments below who, yeah. are the, who are the hyper eccentric. Shout them out. Shout them out. Shout them out. Yeah, we need them over here. We do. We need them. Yeah. We do, or the foreign people as well. Like who? I mean, I know Sasha Baron Cohen's a little bit like foreign as well, but like who? Who are the more foreign also yeah. people? Foreign women, because it's interesting that these aren't new things. They're just like the they're the number one people that usually get beat out of civilization. We'll get back to the topic that was in the kitchen, but mm -hmm. this is like the number one consciousness that's beat the shit out of civilization. Is like the 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 jest the jester yeah right 
It's only accepted if it is somebody like Jim Carrey. Like, they have to be at that level for it to be okay, almost, you know? Like, if not, then it's like... he also had to work his way up to that level, too. Yeah, of course, yeah. I think there was, like, he almost got pulled, like, or in terms of, like, I think Ace Ventura almost got pulled. Mm, And, like, if that didn't happen... And Truman Show didn't happen, right? And, Mm -hmm. like, I think, yeah we have to make more content like that it's kind of like what we did a couple weeks ago we made a little like video a couple weeks ago where we were really eccentric in it we didn't end up like figuring out a way to like publish that there will probably be little pieces that we can spray sprinkle through but like we need to figure out how to find a rhythm of that like like we're balanced right now because we just came from a wildly like playful like super hyper creative thing to like now we're like back in some sort of conversation again. Like it's mm-hmm. a very conversational format. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you sprinkle in like the into conversation? Like, <laughs> yeah, and like <laughs> into like conversation mm-hmm. to where people feel like, okay, this guy or this girl knows how to like really throw a wrench into existence Mm -hmm. that is unique and fun and and it's fun to be around Mm -hmm. and it's a fun like archetype to try and maximize because that economic machinery definitely beats the living shit out of it yeah yeah and it's cool that you know how to play Oh, of course. Yeah. No, that's that's the one thing I'll always know how to do that. I, I It makes me upset that I guess upset might be dramatic, but that people lose touch with that. You know, it's like that's just that's what keeps me going, you know, or those moments like even just with myself, like I could just be walking down the street and just like have like a little jig or like just. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that people are out of touch with that like that's essentially like when you're little that's all you do you know it's like that's it that's your pure just like self without all the stuff downloaded into you yet that's just you you know like and you've just lost complete complete touch with that and that's something like for me that's always something i've been aware of as a kid it's like i want to make sure that i always stay in touch with that part of myself that is childlike and you know i also just had like imaginary friends like crazy for Mm. way too long as a kid Mm. and like loved like and that for me i was like i just held on to them for a long time i was like people get rid of these like i think they're great do you remember them yeah i do as an adult yeah i remember yeah wow can you tell us about your imaginary friends this is so interesting so i had a gang of friends and um one of them was this so my alter ego was um because i had like an alter ego imaginary self so the thing is i was in heaven with my mom this was my story and then i had to come back down to earth to be and i had to like prove to be reunited with her or whatever but there's this gang of friends that i have and i would teach them things like how to ride bikes or whatever but then i had a best friend named pop who was like a dog human person and then there was this imaginary clown named Colleen who was a guy (laughs) that would try to beat us at different like activities or like, like essentially our arch enemy. But our whole thing was to try to like get back to heaven so I could be reunited with my mom. 
which my mom's not dead she's alive but yeah but that was the story yeah and that was how your imaginary friends would be kind of helping you in a game yeah It'd be like a hallucinated game mm-hmm. to kind of like keep you imagination like stimulated and occupied yeah. Oh, we just hang out and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to bring the gang. And then like, we'd all just go do stuff. And then sometimes Colleen would pop in and be like, all right, I'm going to like, you know, we're going to do a bike race or whatever. And yeah. And I had them for a long time. Like I remember, I don't remember what age I was, but I remember I was like in my trailer park subdivision thing, like, and I was teaching them how to ride a bike, which obviously that's pretty obvious because like you're teaching imaginary people how to ride a bike. And I just remember like, these kids that I would hang out with, they yelled like, you still have imaginary friends? Because they saw me doing that from down the way. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I was like, man, I have to get rid of these things. Like, dang. How old were you? Do you remember how old uh, that, that last? I had to be like eight or nine. Eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So yeah. like, I wonder if there's a, <clears throat> like a common psychoanalysis of the, kind of like mm-hmm. dumping of imaginary friends and if it's around sort of that age and also what would happen mm-hmm. if we kind of kept yeah them around like for example when we talk about things like the higher self versus the lower self and things like that like mm-hmm. when we talk about sort of like the devil on a shoulder and you have an angel on another and like the devil's trying to pull you into some like you know subscribe to some only fans account yeah. like uh, you know, type shit. <laughs> and then you <laughs> one yeah. more time. Yeah, with the DJ screen. Exactly. Or if a guy oh, <laughs> oh, oh Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that that's how you guys do it. That's how you, and then the and then you have the angel, the higher self that's like trying to like pull you up to your highest goals and stuff and like there's a very very delicate interplay that happens between that and what i would say is imaginative friends Mm -hmm. and it appears as though in many ways that the more that i commune with my quote imaginary friend of my higher self the more that I actually I live a life that's of greater well-being. Mm-hmm. So there's actually very practical, pragmatic, beneficial reasons for me to potentially keep a, quote, imaginary friend that is helping me achieve good things in my life. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know, like, this whole idea of, like, let's destroy imaginary friends for children yeah. sounds like it's a dumb idea probably no, yeah and sounds like for maybe there's pathological ways to be like no i want only imaginary friends i don't want any real mm-hmm. friends like okay there's gonna be some pathologies on one of these polls <laughs> yeah but like the other pathology is to just have wipe all of them out period and let nobody keep any of them mm-hmm. so maybe we should be like Figuring out how to, like, keep good imaginary friends. Yeah. A.K.A. like higher selves in a sense and mm-hmm. leverage those. I've actually have literally never made that comparison. That's a fascinating one between yeah. youthful imaginary friends and, like, adult, like, angel on the shoulder in mm-hmm. a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you know, that's just kind of where a form of play would come from. Yes. Yeah. And so, and I feel like now that being older, you know, it's like now when I'm by myself, it's like, okay, if I'm cooking, I can turn on music and then, like 
dancing cook or whatever and like that's fun but i don't know maybe there's some imaginary friend aspect to that too you know and even just like kind of talking to myself or saying whatever it might be yeah but yeah that all comes probably from just (laughs) the imagination and the imaginary friendness that i had as like a kid Mm -hmm. are you familiar with bicameralism the bicameral mind no what is that yeah there's like this Julian Jaynes and this bicameralism, the bicameral mind's fascinating. It's like this dialectical interplay between hemispheres Mm -hmm. and also the dialectical interplay between you and God. Mm. And so there's like a, in a sense, it'd be like, okay, I am that. And I also realize that that is like the highest possible morality. But I also recognize that I am here in this physical incarnation and that I want to behave at the highest morality possible. So that's basically what this whole angel on the shoulder thing is. Mm. Is it's like, okay, this is going to represent God. Mm -hmm. And I also recognize that I am God, our awareness. We are source. We are that. But I also have this angel on my shoulder that I'm constantly in a dialectic with. And like... I'm constantly in a state of bicameralism, in a state of dialectic with different conversational points within myself all the time, Mm -hmm. all the time. I'm like almost all the time I'm in like if I have to like like just earlier today, I was like pumping out, like getting some content done and like, you know, I'm literally walking myself through the steps and you can tell that it's like I'm. I'm like having a dialectic between what appears to be a more like ordered and logical thinking process along with like a more creative abstract process Mm. where like the logical process is like, okay, what's the next step? And the creative process is like, okay, we'll try and make the thumbnail look like this to make it look a little more creative. And the logical part like does that process. And then like the creative part says, okay, we'll copy and paste that exact one over and then change the fonts, change them, change the color of them. And like, I'm literally talking to myself while doing this process. Mm -hmm. Sounds a lot like imaginary friends exactly yeah it totally does and maybe that's how like that helped me learn it to be that like the creativeness that i do have you know like being more in touch like having the imaginary friends for maybe what i perceived as longer just like i like i don't know the natural age but like i just noticed all my other friends didn't have imaginary friends when i was still having them and maybe because of that you know that just enhances your creativity or like coming up with fake activities to do with fake people (laughs) and like you know or maybe within like uh spiritism yeah that's that's... interesting like alan Mm -hmm. kardec and spiritism so maybe if you really want to get potentially supernatural Mm -hmm. we might actually be communing with spirits as Mm. imaginary friends it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I would love to scientifically, methodologically try and probe things like that, like energetically and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really interesting because one of my friend's moms who's like really into like metaphysical things, like she had mentioned like imaginary friends are, you know, super spiritual like beings, whether that be. And then me also, it's funny to think that like my whole thing was I was this fallen angel who was trying to get back to heaven or something. And like, there's like a spiritualness in that, but why did I come up with that narrative when I was a kid, you know? And like, what made me then like, you know what I mean? Like that has some spiritualness to it just within that. So definitely. Yeah. It's really interesting 
and like why do i have a mom like not like you know like a yeah. like a soul mom that's up there that yeah, i'm like yeah. craving or something because like do you you're almost running uh simulations mm-hmm. in life like in computer science we call this the model-based reinforcement learning you're basically doing things like creating simulations it with your imaginary friends where you're basically competing it was like colleen 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 right was like a guy that was constantly being like maybe like an evil person or something like that that was like and you were in competition right Mm -hmm. yeah this is very like computer science driven concept as well because if you're basically running simulations where you as a kid are like representing the good trying to ascend to heaven to mom Mm -hmm. right and like you have to beat the bad yeah you're basically running simulations for yourself of how to decipher right uh-huh. between that good and bad like we were talking about uh, yeah so you're like practicing discernment mm-hmm. subconsciously in an imaginative space uh, yeah so fascinating wow. this this is a really interesting revelation in our conversation yeah super fascinating actually yeah it would be cool to see like a kid like i i don't know a lot of kids <laughs> but like to find a kid that does have their own imaginary friends you know in the capacity that i did you know and then just kind of observe that goings on and happening you know and just to see like because i remember you know like for me tell us about your imaginary friends let's create a catalog of who they are and what they represent and like make a psychoanalytic study of Mm -hmm. this yeah yeah it's a good idea it's a really good idea yeah it's very scientifically driven i like Mm -hmm. that it would be really interesting just for somebody like me too who had their own imaginary friends to be like oh well like what does what did that mean for me you know like i just know i had that experience but i don't necessarily know like 20 years later we are uncovering <laughs> what it meant exactly yeah exactly. instead of like knowing like when i am eight mm-hmm. like maybe i should know when i am eight what's going on that'd be great yeah i think more enlightened parents would <clears throat> uncover that type of stuff mm-hmm. with their kids and we should sort of make a culture that makes it easier, like you're indicating, where we have spaces for kids to sort of talk about what th- their imaginary friends are, what they mean to them, mm-hmm. what kind of games they play with them, yeah. like create catalogs of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be really interesting. That's super interesting. Mm-hmm. It also reminds me of like genealogy as well. Like we don't do much like idea genealogy, let alone like familial de- genealogy, but like maybe we should have some sort of a cataloging system of you know imaginative figures and it's like an anthropology archaeology process that would occur of the imaginative space for kids Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really interesting idea is like and maybe like some kids are temperamentally not having a tendency to create imaginary friends and some are like wildly imaginative like you mm-hmm. and that there's that spectrum in between and so maybe for the kids that have none in a sense maybe it's could be beneficial to maybe introduce them to some of the ideas but and maybe for the kids that are wildly imaginative maybe it's 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 okay to say like hey maybe like playing at the park or at the beach or whatever is yeah. probably a good idea too mm-hmm. um, as you like <laughs> Jimmy's in his room masturbating all day again <laughs> with his imaginary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Maybe you should go play at the park, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Imaginary. Yeah, right? And a lot of guys have imaginary friends. Friends now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the internet. The internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The logging of this is, is great. Yeah, the cataloging yeah. of this is very interesting. Like, if we, if you could go back right mm-hmm. now... And almost have a pretty clear, like, bottled up, like, accurate experience, right? We were talking about Mm -hmm. this metaphysically at the beginning. If you could bottle up the experience of what you had when you were, like, eight with those imaginary friends Mm -hmm. and, like, come back and, like, revisit it right now, that's kind of what psychoanalysis could do Mm -hmm. to... Um, sort of have these types of like experiential logs of what was actually going on during that time for me as a kid because mm-hmm. I don't remember yeah. you do though I do very yeah. clearly you have the names you have what you were doing what the intention was mm-hmm. it was just very I mean it was just very important to me like I really loved those friends <laughs> and I really had a good time with them so like for me I I would never lose touch with that because I just valued that time a lot you know and like to me it's interesting that kids didn't have that or lots even i just meet adults now that like don't remember their childhood that much and i definitely remember that child like part of my life a lot because i I just remembered seeing adults and be like it wasn't that fun like i should really enjoy this time now because and i always thought that as a kid i'm like i should really enjoy this time now because being an adult just doesn't seem like bunch of fun (laughs) which like you know you get older and you realize oh you can still have fun you know it's just and luckily if you still carry that still childhood sense with you you will um but i've always just really valued that even as a kid and so like those memories and experiences like resonate really well with me because it's like that was just great good moments in life you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the retention of the childlike essence into adulthood is what Pablo Picasso and so many other great geniuses have talked about. And ultimately, when you do that, you're going to end up being a lot more creative. You're going to end up being a lot more playful, a lot more peaceful, a lot mm-hmm. more blissful, and a lot less in a straitjacket, which is not free at all. And no. the whole episode is about freeing yourself and that all of these different ways that we've been unpacking it. I think this one that we got to is so fascinating and it has such a deep rooting also with the way that reinforcement learning agents in computer science learn. And it's so interesting because we are like that in so many ways as humans with modeling and running simulations and then choosing the learning and choosing the best possible outcomes like decipherment, deciphering, discernment and imaginary friends and especially like these youthful sort of potential battles that we undergo to figure out morality is just that's ridiculously interesting in that it would be great to log that and it would be great to potentially especially as we enter into that virtual reality pedagogy that we were talking about it'd be great to sort of like what would happen to kids when they're undergoing exploring self-realization and self-actualization of what the true nature of the unity of all being and existence is that non-duality when 
they undergo that and then they undergo also the discernment between what is something that is malevolent or tyrannical or oppressive or violent or self-deceitful mm-hmm. all these different scenarios compared to what is benevolent what is flourishing what is prosperous what is well-being and like literally going through that process in that virtual reality pedagogy it's just like that simulations it's just like the imaginary friends thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's almost like i was doing that like that my own version like you said like the simulation like my doing my own vr experience just without vr like yes yeah i was doing that with my friends you know and by trying to be like which is kind of i've never thought of it that way before yeah Yeah. i'm really impressed that we came up with some like i'm impressed but i'm not surprised because we constantly do these like fascinating metaphysical revelations of what appeared to be something that is just something mundane Mm -hmm. like imaginary friends Mm -hmm. like you would be surprised i would probably bet 95 maybe more percent of people would breeze past imaginary friends like it's absolutely nothing like it's like oh yeah that's some shit that happens in kids good cool bye Mm -hmm. but when you sort of create like interesting dialectic and space to unpack and you create analogies to connect concepts to it as well man you can get to some interesting places Mm mm-hmm Really interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's time for another play session. Yeah, I think it's uh... <laughs> oh, 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 look at that little booty bit. Hey, hey, a little bit of that. Oh. Hey! Oh, this is just like my channel. Hey! Yes! 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 We're getting some slaps in here. I love it. I love it. Back it up. Back it up. Oh, that's a new camera angle for y'all. What's good? What's good? What's good? This is what enlightenment looks like. This is what enlightenment looks like. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, he's gonna come up from the middle. Oh. One surprise is you're about to get. If you if you know anything about, if you anything if you know anything about Mariah's channel, you might get a little surprise if she's kind enough. She might show us how to twerk on the program. Oh, yeah, that, that's a whole nother. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's true. She's considering it. She's processing right now. She's like, do I want to show people how to twerk? Oh, I mean, it's all, it's easy. Uh oh. So Here we go. Ways. You can do the literal throwback. You bend over like this is the first time on the simulation. Boom. First time and on simulation. Holy, bit of that. holy shit. Or, holy oh, shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. We're undergoing a twerk or session now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Holy shit. Yeah, okay, wait, wait, wait. So number one is you oh, no, kind of... Oh, wait, you know, you got to move them um, in and out while your feet are planted. That like does a little something, 
in and out. It's okay. Like the, the throwback. Okay, so that's one is the throwback. Yeah. It's called the throwback. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's called the throwback. And the number two is called the jiggle. Oh, yeah, he's just you know wiggling, wiggling around. Wiggling, wiggling. Yeah, wiggling. The throwback. So I was doing the throwback, right? Yeah, you were doing. You were kind of doing the throwback. I was trying to do the throwback, yeah, but yeah. I don't have enough of a badunk dunk. <laughs> it helps if you do have a badunk dunk, but it is yeah. still possible, even yeah. if you don't. Even if you don't. <laughs> you just gotta feel like the the like gravitational waves of your body. <laughs> yeah. And then you lift when it goes down, and then it just creates. It just does its okay. own thing. Okay. I feel like. Um, you got this. I feel like we're, we're gonna try again. Here. Yeah, we're gonna do this one more time. Okay. Okay. So we're going to feel the gravitational waves. <laughs> okay. You got this? See? Okay. <laughs> this is called just moving. You have to feel something like jiggle. <laughs> you have to feel like something. This Jiggles. Is, okay. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. Jiggling. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're going for it. There you go. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. We're trying to figure this out. We're trying to figure <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, yeah, this is something. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Damn, this shit's hard. Man, yeah. Th man, I don't whole, know how good I would be at... It's a talent. At doggy style. At doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Or the other position is a uh, cowgirl. Oh, that they <laughs> that's the other position where it's, like, useful, you know? <laughs> Those are, like, the two useful positions for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. Are, is, are there there are there other positions that I'm missing? Well, I guess it could be. It could be good. It's good in a lot of other sexual positions. It's just that you kind of have to have the lift. Yeah. So that there's the space to do the movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 No, it, it, it's just good to have in general. Uh, also, you know, it just it probably helps your pelvic floor to some degree actually that's a really beneficial one because yeah, actually that's... when i that's funny when i go out in the mornings and like do stretches or during the day mm -hmm. like that's one of the best ways to unlock like your lower back and your hips but i'm like doing it in a very like <laughs> like my way has my way has not much to do with twerking i'm just kind of like you you're know, just like, throwing your back out yeah, exactly. <laughs> i'm just kind of i'm just kind of like going like you know like this a little bit and stuff like that and just kind of like moving kind of moving it around exactly mm-hmm yeah yeah that, that's exactly what you do yeah you're, you're just doing the mobility exercises mobility. yeah it's like the movement culture yeah the the movement. Movement. yeah yeah <laughs> Culture. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Edo Portan yeah. movement culture? Yeah. No. Good. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's what I'm all... I love that stuff. That's mm -hmm. like the best, most simple way to heal pain is to, you know, get actually... Yeah, know, just movement. These things are literally just chopping away all the time. So to just sort of like, mm -hmm. like treat them like, you know, that like they're in an actual like ocean and get the actual non-repetitive rhythm do something that's you know a little bit yeah mm -hmm. different be sensitive to your own body what um i'm trying to think of <laughs> just like there's two types of twerking no, <laughs> there's two types of twerking uh, there's one type of yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Or, you heard it here, guys. Yeah. 
Simulation sex education <laughs> episode. Yeah. Actually, okay, this kind of leads us into that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> we we kind of we put that on the back burner for a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first, I would like to talk to you about the clitoris. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, what about it? Yeah. Exactly. So it's a perfect guest to talk about the clitoris mm-hmm. as well. So first of all, number one point about the clitoris is that all heterosexual men need to learn how to stimulate the clitoris yes point number one also yeah oh oh sorry also all um also all lesbian females and or bisexual i know, I, know. And, like, I, I, I just have yeah. a fun fact oh so, yes yes so okay. i have more fun facts too yeah okay one quick fun fact i didn't mean to interrupt i was just got excited oh, about this is it beautiful so when when um the when you're like in the womb and you're forming and before oh yeah the the penis, the cl- the penis comes from the clitoris. Yeah, no, they, they the both formation. start as the very same thing, and Which then is the whatever. Clitoris. Yeah, and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure, okay, and yeah. The but penis like ejects. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, it ejects out. So essentially, the penis head is the clitoris. So compressed, wh- the nerve endings are compressed. Yeah. yeah, this was actually where I was going to go. So take yeah. it away. Yeah, yeah. So actually, then when you develop what like in the womb, the vagina. Okay, get get your hand out of there. The, the the vagina is what would be equivalent to your guys' balls. So if you're having sex with a woman, imagine trying to get off by somebody purely tugging your balls. Yeah. That could probably work, but you know what's probably going to work is putting your dick in something. So that means yeah. you guys need to focus on, on the clitoris. Exactly, exactly. because... It's a great point. Yeah, that's a super, super important point. Mm -hmm. It's like, and guys that are good also know that even while penetration is happening, there's a lot of important ways to be able to stimulate the clitoris at the same time. But just on a first principled fundamental level, excellent biological lesson as well in terms of biological evolution. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then you get to some sort of a a you have to go through some sort of like deeper meditative practice around mm-hmm. clitoral stimulation cunnilingus mm-hmm. if you want to use your tongue you know mm-hmm. you have to know how to stimulate and in this case there's a there's a compression of nerves because you got to realize that that shit's like you know it's the, tiny. Cli- the clitoris is like the size of your fingernail Right? And then yeah. Like, it's tiny. It's like that size, the fingernail size. <laughs> it's like on my face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's Ow. Ow. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's tiny. And there's so many nerves in it. Like, as you. I think it's 8,000 nerve endings. And mm-hmm. then I think there's 4,000 nerve endings in the head of the penis. Yeah. And so. Women are experiencing 2x more sensual stimulation, which is fascinating. And then in that compressed area as well. So you can like rub all like 8,000 significantly easier, mm-hmm. especially with your tongue. It's fantastic when it's nice <laughs> and lubricated. You have to know these things. Guys. Yeah. And, and then... You can do some other things like if you get really good at this, in a sense, you can basically like you can have you can either like 
take the woman into a spread eagle position mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, all four out and you're like, <laughs> you know, she's laying out on like the couch, all four out and you're like going in. And then there's the other one where like you're laying down on the couch. Oh, and, and she fucks your face, <laughs> yeah. which is which is great. Yeah, that, that's powerful. That's that's yeah. my 2021. 20, <laughs> that's the power I'm stepping into. We just into. unlocked a, a concept on Mariah's <laughs> lattice work. Is yeah, so fuck t- men's faces. <laughs> yeah, take your power back, ladies, and you just swipe their nose like a credit card. And yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm serious. I'm 100 percent serious, dude. Because there's 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 yeah. not much that's as awesome as like when you're laying there and you're just like and you're just like (laughs) taking it all in of the clitoral stimulation and she's like grinding her clitoris on your tongue at the same time right it's like twerking on the tongue Mm -hmm. of the guy yeah while your clitoris is exposed yeah (laughs) how dope does that sound yeah (laughs) it's great it's great i think um with sex in general that's something for a lot of females and this was even for me for a minute like I didn't even feel like it was that great for a while, you know, and I was like, and I just felt weird about it. And for a long time, I'd say up until like even last year. And then I did start to become more like, oh, I get it. Like, I get why this is good, you know, and that came with having like different experiences, blah, blah, blah. But there's there's also like knowing yourself, too. So like. Women should definitely explore themselves a lot more. And it's funny because, like, my friend, she got me a vibrator, like, however many years ago. And then I would tell my other friends, I'm like, oh, I got this. They're like, oh, I don't have one. Like, I don't really want to get one because, like, I feel like I just, like, the real thing won't be, like, as I'm like, no, you can't replace humans. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the level of connection you get. But I'm like, you should just get one just so you know for yeah, yourself. Yeah, and even then, like, so, okay, clitoral stimulation is really easy to do, but for women, a lot of the time, like, vaginal stimulation, and maybe this is a lot to say on a podcast. It's a great conversation no, but, for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, so, okay. It's actually the perfect podcast. Yeah. It's all about free yourself. Yeah. We actually have some content on on Mariah's channel that is, that is literally on, yeah. on the subject, yeah, wherever so, all of the, the so anyway, vaginal content also, is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so then, also, though, with... Um, <laughs> Like, everybody understands, like, okay, clitoral, at least women do, like, clitoral stimulation is great, but a lot of the time women don't understand their own vaginal stimulation. And then, okay, women already have a taboo about vibrators. They're definitely going to have a taboo about dildos. So that's honestly, though, where I started to feel like, because I noticed, like, before I would orgasm, I'd be like, I can't do this, like, with people. You know, I'd be like, this is too much. So I'd stop myself from doing it. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just because it would be like, like overwhelming. But then when I, (laughs) when I had a dildo, then it was like, okay, like I've learned to accept this with myself, but also know how to now in vaginally, like make that feel good for me. So then, you know, if I have a partner, like whatever, I can then be like, oh, this is what feels good and like i understand myself i'm not giving that power away to like my partner yeah you know what i mean so like you're asking 
and you're yeah. receiving and you're having a conversation about what feels best and you're aware of what feels best because yeah. you've tested and played mm-hmm. around with it. Yeah. And like a lot of women are even afraid to just explore their body in that way, you know, and like, which is there's nothing wrong about it. And I honestly think that women should because then, you know, they wouldn't feel so weird about having sexual experiences or like so self-conscious and, you know, being self-conscious about your body within a sexual experience, that's a whole totally different thing. But um, there's like, I, I just think the narrative with sex and women just needs to be more empowering and yeah. less like... Agreed. Like not, you know, it just needs to be talked about more because... And not even in a way where it's so, like, you know, in your face about it, just so it's, like, comfortable and open for people to... Yeah, I think mm-hmm. this conversation has been a lot of comfortable and open, mm-hmm. and we are doing it in a way that hopefully, yeah, it excites other people to, you know, be like, hey, you know, babe, or, you know, whether it's the guy talking to the girl or the girl talking to the guy, like, you know, check out these two talking super openly about clitoral stimulation and, and and vaginal stimulation and also for you know for guys you know men need to you know loosen up a bit yeah like dudes are like way too fucking uptight like in so many ways yeah like a dude should get a finger in his ass every once in a while <laughs> to loosen up seriously mm-hmm. he can put a finger in his own ass yeah and uh completely serious like (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know while you're masturbating play with your asshole Mm -hmm. and see how that feels yeah play with the piece it's called the gooch between the balls and the asshole play with that area Mm -hmm. you know um you know maybe get a little bit of a vibrator yourself and begin vibrating around your balls and gooch and dickhead and yeah and an asshole and then um if you and then that'll slowly make you less and less of a masculine toxic douche fuck around other guys because that's what you are usually when you've never had any sort of a an experience that loosens you up because you're focused on dominance we were talking about this before we started but dudes are very focused on dominance in a hierarchy Women, not so much. Women have more of a role in biological mate as a selection. They they more select guys as guys uh, and and enter into the hierarchy and then sort themselves out to the top. But when it's based on dominance, it's not sustainable. It usually collapses. When it's based on competence it's sustainable and women tend to select men that are more competent at the tops of hierarchies rather than dominant. And the same thing's true in chimpanzees. And so it's good for a guy hypothetically, potentially to have had homosexual experiences. And in doing so, it makes it like if you've either sucked a dick or had your dick sucked by a guy or if you've either penetrated a guy or have had a guy penetrate you, that it loosens you up 
in a sense to, you know, you get to become a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more emotionally intelligent, a little bit more noonshi, a little bit more of a ninja and a wizard. And you're a little bit more, you're less likely to just be a force of just pure abrasive dominance that is constantly trying to prove masculinity over other men. No, fuck that shit. That shit's gay, bro. I don't fucking put fingers near my dick. Like, you can just say, like, well, maybe that's doesn't sound like it's interesting for me. And that's completely different than fuck that gay shit. So, you know, there's that. And I think that's a really important thing to, like, put a finger in your ass every once in a while. Calm down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that was our whole thing just put a finger in your ass man if like you know you'll calm yourself yeah next time you find somebody just getting a little bit too in your face you know when bars open up again or something be like hey man just put a finger in your ass all right yeah yeah Yeah, just like (laughs) calm down a little bit but yeah I, i do think the masculinity thing is and the way, and I just feel for all men in general, because you guys have a whole nother thing you have to break free from is that masculinity thing that you guys have been brought up in. And, you know, it's subconsciously just shoved into you. Like, you know, masculine men are like at the top of their game. They just fuck all the women. They have no emotions. What's crazy is you guys have the same amount of emotions as we do. You guys just feel them far less. less. It's like, and that's insane. As somebody who's an emotional person like me, like you guys, it's not like you don't have those emotions. You guys do. It's just like you're told to not feel them. You're told to act like they don't exist. Like you know, you don't have feelings if you're a guy. And like, yeah, um, yeah. as I said earlier before, it's like there is no right. Like women have their menstrual cycle to be like, okay, physically you are not like you just know you're becoming a woman because you have this very physical thing happen to you. You know, you have your period that happens every month until like you know you're forty or whatever. Uh, but, very grounding. Yeah. yeah, very extremely grounding. And then as a man guy it's like you just get older (laughs) and then it's like there's no rite of passage of like you are a man now so then there's all this proving of like i am a man i'm a man like and as you get older that expresses itself in so many weird ways and just trying to prove that you're masculine and a man it just it ruins relationships it ruins you know businesses it ruins so yeah. yeah yeah it ruins a lot of our collective flourishing when guys have a tendency as they run a company to want to dominate the world in Mm -hmm. a sense and it's easier to recognize that i can't actually dominate the world because i need the phytoplankton in the trees in order for me to breathe oxygen And those realizations usually come from when you become very sensitive to what? Breath. And Mm -hmm. when you become sensitive to that life force, you evolve your consciousness and you become a lot less of a tendency to create the perverse structures that obliterate our ecologies, that cause mental health issues, like put a couple put a panel like let's just let's just put it this way what if there were you know who knows these experiments put some women in the maybe only women no guys 
on the board of directors of like Instagram or something. And then say like that their one goal for 2021 was to completely reverse the attention economy so that instead of having all of the advertisements that come up and the whole screen time perverse incentives that instead they create their whole plan was to create some sort of a business plan for you know customers that have the um the wealth and ability to pay maybe five or ten bucks a month to use instagram and then to gain some sort of rich data visualizations like they literally have their engineering and design teams like produce great data visualizations for the customers and so I can see, like, where are my beautiful connections in Los Angeles? What sort of fields are they interested in? All this type of stuff, like rich data visualizations. And then instead of seeing ads come up on the screen that are hijacking my psyche and, and creating, like, a whole panel of functionalities for me to be able to choose at a more uh, a higher granularity and a more macro level exactly um, how much time that I want to spend there, what I want to see, all this type of stuff um slowly work our way potentially with who knows it might be a panel of five women that are able to of on the board of directors that are able to do something like create a re, re, change like this because maybe there's more f of the feelings are actually felt and it's like yeah actually i fucking hate it when 14 year old girls commit more suicide because of the men perverse mental health incentives that are on the platforms which is why there's things that are happening like the likes that are being hidden and the like count being hidden and all type of stuff. But it, it has a lot more to do with consciousness than we think it does. It has a lot to do with levels of consciousness. The higher your levels of consciousness, especially in positions of leadership, the less likely you are to continue stupid business models like the attention economy, period. Mm -hmm. But gender plays an important role in the process yeah. as well. Sex does. I think, um, I think what, where it goes wrong is mostly not goes wrong but how it can become better is through conscious parenting and parents yes. raising yes. you know men and th there are plenty of people that i know that are doing this you know that have their own children that are young that are trying to raise like their sons and their daughters to be more conscious of you know like telling their boys like yes you can feel feelings and not trying to you know empower them with masculinity and you know like boys don't do that and blah 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 like yep. Yep. you know i'm really grateful for that because like you know having those people raise children that are like that is ultimately going to help yep. with the next generation and then you know then there's just the undoing of the people who have already been raised <laughs> and are now adults in the world Yep. It's like they have their own undoings to do, you know, and like luck with females, it, it's like a different, it's not necessarily like masculinity. There's just other things that we have to usually battle within ourselves. But with men, it's like, there's this whole, I think there's this book called like under Saturn shadow. That's all about how it's written by James Hollis, but it's literally about masculinity and how it's a destructive force for men you know and about the undoing of that and i read it not i'm not a man but i just read it because i do think it's important to be educated about male psychology you know it's like a lot of the time you do hear like you know oh women are so that we have the underhand with things and like you know we're always focusing on making things better for us but then men do get overlooked in the way of like 
Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, men have been, you know, always like in this position of power and all this and blah, blah, blah. So like, you know, we don't have to focus so much on them. But like, no, you guys have a shit ton of mental health stuff that's like holding you back in a lot of big ways. Yep. And so, you know, I like to be educated on that because, you know, that's also the my partner in life. Like I'm a straight person. So like that's going to be a man. So I'd like to kind of be educated on like what he would be dealing with. You know what I mean? So like, yeah that's uh but that book is really great as far as like the undoing of male masculinity yeah conscious parenting is the massive key like you, it is it, it's the most upstream key because you have to have parents that are aware of what self-realization and self-actualization means in order for them to actually be able to pass down similar wisdom to their kids otherwise mm-hmm. their kids are going to fall into egoic levels of consciousness because their kid because their parents are there like, mm-hmm. It's just the cycle perpetuating itself mm-hmm. and it'll continue perpetuating itself until someone in the lineage becomes fucking enlightened. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's all, you know, luckily the, like I said, I have friends that are trying to take on like that conscious parenting and undo those things. Uh, and I would like to think that, you know, whenever or if ever, like I have a child that I would fall into that same category, but I do believe like for a big step when people say like, oh, having a kid, it does like, you know, you're not going to, it's not a comp. It's a huge accomplishment if you do conscious, yeah, like conscious parenting. You've done so much for the world that's like you've put another human being out there that just at least has, you know, some form of consciousness with them. Good intention. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that is like a feat that is it rivals anything else you know like a massive business whatever like you've done something good for the world by doing that and i think that that's ultimately like and some other psychologists that like i'm into they'll say the same thing they're like i feel like like the key to world peace is really like conscious parenting yeah and good parenting yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, the key to world peace is consciousness, especially as we aim mm-hmm. to bring con- enlightened levels of consciousness to children. Liana Moon was a great example when she came on the show and she had Maya when she was 21. And then Maya is now nine. And this like nine year old, you know, kid that has a, a fairly elevated level of consciousness. If you watch the episode, How to Not Be a Boring Grown Up, that you'd be surprised at how does a nine-year-old have such levels of wisdom and love and radiant joy. Mm-hmm. And like you'd sort of need to basically reverse engineer what was the upbringing. And basically, if you're going to have kids that are in positions of high levels of, of stress because they haven't had their, you know, in this these are these are like the classic sort of very simple 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 analogies that sort of help us understand what we mean by this and so here it's you know in high level perception you just have a very simple analogy between a human and a tree and you just think like okay if the trees nutrients aren't there at the root level it's not going to be able to produce great fruits the same thing's true of a human you have to have those basic needs be met 
at the root level in order for the human to be able to self-realize and self-actualize. And so the classical examples of very, especially like egoic levels of consciousness are that like if there's no levels of love and if there's no levels of the basic needs being met or if the lineage has a fuckload of trauma that hasn't been healed or that if the books that are being passed to the child, the education that's being passed to the child is an education that is around the self same self dealing tendencies of like the world is full of filled with corruption you need to earn money just for yourself you know that's some stupid shit and that's been passed down from your family and that's going to keep perpetuating cycles of trauma and nonsense to your kids and so it's almost like like we were saying earlier you just can't unsubscribe fast enough from some of the stupid shit that's come from the lineage and from the collective and you can't you know parse fast enough for signal and deploy it not only as like a conscious parent but into your kids but also to the people in positions of leadership around the world mm -hmm. they need more than ever to feel what non-duality is like i'm almost to the point where i'm beginning to think like what needs to happen in order to get davos to undergo 5-MeO-DMT. Davos? Yeah, like literally the World Economic Forum meets at Davos, like thousands of leaders oh, in the world. Wow. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they undergo a very like the macroeconomics of Papua New Guinea and the way that the distribution of their main export to the uh, you know, and like, okay, cool. Like we get that. It's important to have a macro view like that. But have you felt non-duality before? Do you know what it means to feel one with everything? To feel one with the creator, to feel one with God, one with source, one with infinity. Do you know what that union is like? Because if you don't know what that's like and you're in a position of power, you need to get the fuck out of that position of power. Or you need to be augmented so that you feel that and then you can lead from that position of power. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most upstream issue that civilization faces is that people in positions of power are in egoic levels of consciousness and they're creating all of these downstream self-dealing narcissistic pathological effects onto our social fabrics because there's some sort of a perverse incentive that's like, mm, I may as well get a fifth yacht. It's like, no, bitch, you're not getting a fifth yacht. Stop. Put the 500,000, million, two million, whatever dollars it is into hiring, you know, 500 people to tackle one of the biggest challenges in the world. Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? I've been talking about this for three years and we're still like little kids that are like, oh, the world is so complex. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I get it. It is complex, but you do know what to do. It's all about consciousness. It's all about the individual consciousness, and it's all about the collective's social fabric and sort of what it, what it, there it is. Because this is just such a, this is such a main key. I, do mm -hmm. you see, do you see um, things from a deeply, consciousness oriented perspective like this because i almost see it from like a consciousness only perspective and then that's the most upstream issue is egoic levels of consciousness 
and the need to enlighten is that how do you see it uh i i do think it is a consciousness thing there was i can't remember what book this is but it touches on this it was like an activist who wrote this book about how to create change and it was like you can't you can pass a law but until you change the consciousness around that law people will still find ways to break it and not you know what i mean and not go with it so unless like you can instill all the laws and all the rules you want to you know try to create change but if you haven't evolved the consciousness it's not going to actually be instilled yep so it's definitely a total consciousness thing because if you like that book even said it's like you can do you can do even the things to make the change but if the people haven't caught up to that idea or fully accepted that you know it's there's going to be things that go against it anyway yeah Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I I just I just can't get enough of this topic. Honestly, this this seriously seems like the most upstream topic in all of its nuances that we're unpacking. And it has a lot to do with freeing yourself because you become way more free the more enlightened you become on here. We talked about Mm -hmm. that a little bit um, towards the beginning of the episode. But like, dude, you are just not free when you're in a state of shame, guilt, fear, anger. You're not free at all. And also what you're doing is you're trying to draw other people into your negative states of emotion. And mm-hmm. it's horrible. It's actually, it's, okay, there's no lack. Everything's perfect. It's true. But it's also true that egoic states of consciousness are nasty and they butterfly the butterfly effect the shit out of other people to, you know, be pulled down to your nasty ass egoic states of consciousness. And they suck. Man, they fucking suck. Mm-hmm. They suck. They suck. They suck. They're they're perpetually disrupting everything that's happening that's trying to harmonize our entire planet. Like, like just like 2016 and 2020 were not examples of enlightened consciousness trying to figure out how to lead the planet to prosperity. They were examples of ridiculously chimpanzee level consciousness that is insulting. It's anger driven. It's it's trying to pin the other person as somebody that is disgusting and negative and horrible and versus you know just the complete decentralization of the entire nonsensical fiat currencies that have been enslaving humans for a hundred years now that are i mean i can keep going off on this it's just we know what the solutions are now we've all read you know the creature from jekyll island we've all thought very intensely about fiat currencies in the way that they're uh, perpetually creating asymmetries between Wall Street and then being able to socialize the losses to the masses as we saw after 2008. And then Satoshi Nakamoto comes one month after Lehman Brothers collapses and creates an incredible push beyond the edge of what humanity knows called the Bitcoin white paper, which creates a decentralization technologies. That is enlightenment. That is enlightenment. You can literally create a code deployment to the social fabric, as you were saying, a law. And like consciousness, in a sense, catches up to it. Because mm-hmm. now like consciousness is catching up to what decentralization actually means. But 
there's a lot of people that are incumbents that are in egoic consciousness that are saying that, you know, no, 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 fuck that, fuck that, fuck that, you know, and that's kind of the example that you were giving a moment ago. But we need more of this. We need more of this to be actualized in the world. Deployments of enlightened levels of consciousness in positions of leadership from a grassroots level, deploying projects that are beyond the edge of what he was no it's so beautiful the creation but i also i hate hate but i also love it mm-hmm. i love it because i know it's necessary for the ascension of the creation but i also hate it i hate ego i hate the way that it destroys and creates suffering but i understand it's a necess- necessary functionality of the creation mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have uh, thoughts on what your favorite food is <laughs> my favorite I'm okay. glad you like that transition I love that transition that's that's the <laughs> thoughts on what what my thoughts are my favorite food what are your I thoughts love- on clitoral stimulation <laughs> yeah, yeah what an even better transition yeah, yeah. You know, imagine like we with a know. with a guest in a straight jacket though that would be hilarious oh, to watch God. but i can't you know as someone that is supposed to be a chameleon like yeah i can't like fuck with someone at that level exactly yeah. although like jim carrey probably would but yeah. whatever anyway no. favorite favorite favorite, favorite food. Food. i like uh soupy stewy like, like fish things okay okay <laughs> okay. okay hey soupy stewy things yeah. yeah okay soupy stew like i like be i'm about to make my christmas beef stew for christmas i make it every year what what's in it the Christmas beef it's stew. It's pretty basic. Actually, but I do put dumplings on top of it. Oh, that's so amazing. So there's yeah. like these like little... Uh, but it's it's so fucking good, though. And I just bring it wherever I go. So I'm doing that. Uh, I just... I love gravy. I like ramen. I just like soupy, stewy. Oh, you like soups, stews? stews. I just like brothy, soupy, stewy things. Yeah. Those are my favorite You foods. like intaking warm liquid in... Oh yeah, man! Soupier gravies, <laughs> like I love biscuits and gravy. I'm like, yeah. I love that it, shit, man. Yeah, yeah, biscuits and gravy. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, just dank comfort food. Oh, southern food, I fucking love. That also kind of falls under like soupy stewy. I fucking love. I fucking love. Southern. Yeah, gumbo, etouffees. I love like all that. I, I lived in Louisiana. Um, oh yeah that's why you really like soupy and southern comfort foods because that was like 19 to 18 to how how many years were you there again i was there three years but also my dad lived there since i was five and you were visiting every summer and christmas Christmas. yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. that's why yeah that's why yeah it's It's very southern gumbo-y soupy soup yeah Yeah, just stewy oh my god yeah i love that shit that's my thoughts on favorite foods yeah, yeah, I'm a huge fan of those foods, but that's actually the first time that somebody has said like very soupy, stewy, mm-hmm. uh, as their favorite category of food. Oh, so you're yeah. first, you're the first on the show to say that mm-hmm. specific, yeah, category, which is it's good, it's good to be that first. Mm-hmm. Also, we were the first on the show to like play four times, talk about <laughs> clitoris, talk about twerk. We twerked. <laughs> yeah. I was trying. I tried to twerk, and Mariah uh, actually twerked. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> nice little 
breakup for y'all. You know, give yeah. me a little, yeah. yeah. Break up your content a little bit. We did, we licked. Let's see. Oh, yeah, we did the this. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We did we licks. Did. Yeah. We did licks. Um, what else was there? Oh, we did some like beatboxy type oh, yeah. of stuffy. Mm-hmm. We we went. We stretched from the metaphysics and consciousness to the clitoris. Yeah. This is like C to C consciousness to clitoris. Yeah, C to C. Those are two. Got to make that connection. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Actually, this is a really yeah exactly. Yeah. Now, this is actually a really well-rounded uh, <laughs> conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unpa- unparalleled uh, yeah. levels of, <laughs> of eccentricity mm-hmm. and holism. Exactly. In the shape of a heart. Yeah. Bing. Bing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. This has been great. And I think it, it it all has to do with freeing yourself. You can't get to these levels of eccentricity. You can't get to these levels of holism if you are not 100% absolutely sovereign and free. Mm-hmm. If you Amen. are constrained by, oh my God, I'm so worried about how other people are going to see me. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. No freedom for you. Yeah, no freedom for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But what's cool is you get to decide when you want the freedom, too. You get to decide. You have free will Uh to decide when you want freedom. Yep. And you'll get also the most freedom from realizing the true nature of who we truly are. And so ask yourself, what is the I? Why are the two words know thyself written on the top of the temple of apollo at delphi it is the most prominent greek delphic maxim that exists two words know thyself what the fuck does that mean you know that doesn't just mean self-actualization in your own unique artistic expression it means that unity of all being and existence that oceanic non-duality that we truly are sentience as mariah said experiencing sentience exploring what this creation is all as one integral, as one integration of all of the experiences. Beautiful. I've loved it. Free yourself. Free yourself. Free yourself. Maybe we wrap with some more, some more play. <laughs> let, let us know your thoughts in the comments below, yeah, everyone. Let know, yeah, let us know your thoughts because uh, I'm sure there's <laughs> there's a couple of them. Rate rate his twerking, everybody. Uh, right. <laughs> All right. I have to use a restroom, man. Okay. Let's wrap the show. Okay. Love you very much. Thanks for tuning in. Rate Alan's twerking. Rate Mariah's twerking. Obviously, she gets five stars. I get 1.4. And um, we love you very much. Thanks yeah. for tuning in. If you're heterosexual male, get your game up on that clitoris life. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And levels of consciousness all day. Levels of consciousness. David Hawkins. Eat that up, eat that up, and um, go and build the future. Manifest your dreams into the world. We love you very much. Check out Mariah's links in the bio below. Subscribe to her YouTube. Uh, follow her on Instagram. Check out her stories. They're great. She has a lot of great tips and tricks that she posts on there all the time. It's great stuff. And uh, same thing with us. Subscribe and like the video. Comment below. You know all the good stuff. Share it. Thanks Be for making eccentric. it this far. <laughs> Be eccentric. Thanks for making this far. Be different. Be unique. Yes. Free yourselves. We love you very much. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Bye. Peace. Mm. Uh, 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 u
I got a, I got 